Good evening. Good to see everyone out this evening. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to be in your house to worship and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your, your blessings to be upon us tonight, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Give us exactly what we need to hear. And we'll uh, give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good evening. Okay, let's, uh, uh, I stand amazed in the presence. Number 143, 143.
look like, you can raise a, use a little, few hugs and handshakes. Let's have some fellowship time. Good evening. I do appreciate each one of you being here tonight. I do appreciate all the prayers for Miss Christy. Uh, she uh, is doing uh, very well. Um, she's uh, a lot of pain, still uh, really tired. And so you continue praying for her as she recovers from uh, uh, her surgery. And we praise the Lord that uh, uh, they were able to figure it out right away. Uh, she told the doctor, she said... Uh, she said, it's my appendix, and they're kind of looking at her like she's strange and thought she was uh, Googling things, but she says, uh, she said, I think it's my appendix, and, uh, um, and one of the nurses was like, oh, okay, yeah, and uh, she, she said, well, um, it started right here and then moved uh, way down, and she says, okay, what makes you think it's your appendix? And I said, well, she's a nurse practitioner. She kind of knows what she's looking for. And uh, she goes, oh, okay, we'll get, get you right in. And, and uh, so come to find out Saturday, or Sunday night, uh, I left at about 2.30, I guess it was, um, Sunday. 
And I called Brother Greg up and I said, hey, can you preach for me? And he says, yeah, I think I can do something. And so I appreciate Brother Greg filling in for me. But uh, she, I called her at noon after church and said, uh, you want me to come home and get you? We'll go out for lunch and come to church tonight. And she said, no, I think I'm going to skip church tonight again. And I said, okay. I said, you feeling any better? She said, no. So at about 2 o'clock, I called her and I said, hey, I said, feeling any better yet? And she said, no. She said, I think when you get home, I'm going to go to the ER. And I thought, well, for her wanting to go to the ER in the 17 and a half years we've been married, she's only went because of having the baby. So uh, I said, uh, no, let's go right now. And so I went home and we went straight to St. Saint, Saint Vincent's 86th Street. And uh, um, she was, they took her right in and uh, done blood work. They said, yeah, your white blood cells are Elevated, so there is an infection. She says, "Yeah, I think it's my appendix." And and uh, uh, so she, uh, they said, "Well, let's do a CAT scan." They done the CAT scan, and they said, "Yeah, your appendix is inflamed." I'm like, we could have saved a lot of money if you just listened to her. No, uh, but uh, um, but they were able to get it before it ruptured, and we're we're praising the Lord for that. And uh, she's at home resting. She does appreciate your prayers and all the cards and the uh, just the, the calls. And I know um, whenever you're going through a sickness like that, it's, uh, it's good to know that you have a church family praying for you and uh, that, that cares and loves you. And I know she, uh, she appreciates that so much. All right. Well, I, I do appreciate you being here. I hope that you've already been blessed. It's been an eventful week for me this week. Uh, Christy's dad broke his wrist last week, and so he had to have surgery. And then Sunday, as they're, get, they're dropping Grandma off at, the, at her house, to come and see Christy on Sunday evening right before the surgery, uh, Christy's grandma fell and busted her head wide open and uh, 94 years old and she was bleeding really bad. They took her to the ER. So uh, Dennis and Jan, they, were, they didn't know what to do. They were wanting to see their baby but also wanting to take care of mom. And, and so I said, I'll take care of Christy, you take care of grandma. And uh, they got her stitched up and um, she has a really bad headache now, but she's doing well. It was a, uh, just a miracle. The Lord uh, took care of her, and, and she didn't have any broken bones or anything. She's got brittle bone anyway. So I uh, would ask that you pray for Beulah Ali as well. This is Christy's grandma. Just kind of eventful week, but Lord's still in control no matter all of it. So, Did you have something to say, Miss? Okay. Okay. Sonny had a... Good. Okay, Brother Sonny's hernia surgery was yesterday, and uh, you remember him in your prayers as well. So, all right. Well, it sounds like we need a lot of prayers. Amen. All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, the house of prayer. And uh, so we're going to continue our, our character study on David. Uh, we looked at the very first week, we looked at uh, chapter 16 of 1 Samuel and saw that David, uh, that God uh, always has a man for his plan. And, of course, that man was David. And then we've seen later on in chapter 16 that God always has a plan for his man. And that was God always has something for us. God, uh, God has something in mind for you. He wants to use each and every one of us. And God always has a man for his plan and always has a plan for his man. And then in chapter 17, we've seen that there uh, David uh, said, uh, as everybody else was cowering down, uh, David saw that there was a cause to fight for and uh, we all realize there's a cause, so we need to stand up and fight for the things of God. And then later on chapter 17, we looked at the fact that 
everybody else was seeing how big the giant was. But David, didn't, he didn't care how big the giant was. He wasn't living by sight, but he was living by faith. And that's how we should live our lives, by faith and not by sight. And then in chapter 18, we looked at the example of true friendship, the friendship of David and Jonathan, and uh, how they uh, are a great example of friendship. Then later in chapter 18, we've seen how David behaved himself. Uh, he behaved himself wisely, the Bible said, on multiple occasions. And then the last week we finished up chapter 18 and looked at the fact that, uh, that God, uh, whose hand is uh, on you. And we looked at the fact that God uh, had his hand upon David and we're thankful for that. And that's who we want. We want God's hand upon our lives. Well, this week we're going to continue this study in chapter 19 of 1 Samuel. And David is, we come to this point and David is needing some counsel. He's needing some help. And the Bible says in Proverbs 12, 15, it says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto wise or unto counsel is wise. Now the secret is out. King Saul is wanting David dead. Now, we, uh, of course, we all knew this, but back in the, that time, they didn't, uh, there was probably some thought that, they wanted, that he wanted David dead, but there wasn't, uh, it wasn't out in the open yet. But now we come across 1 Samuel chapter number 19, verse 1. The Bible says, And Saul spake to Jonathan his son and to all his servants that they should kill David. Uh, now it's to the point, David, uh, Saul, he, he tried to kill David, through throwing the javelin at him twice there, and, and he missed, of course. But uh, we understand through this story that uh, it wasn't that he missed, it was that God spared his life and God protected him. And uh, then we've seen that he tried to uh, have the Philistines kill him and, and tell him that uh, I'm not going to have my hand upon him. Let's have the Philistines' hand upon him. And, and so David went out to war and, and killed a, uh, uh, Saul wanted 100 Philistines uh, and the evidence thereof. And he, so he killed 200 and, uh, and took care of the need. So, uh, of course, now uh, it's come to pass that David is... His life is at, at risk here. There's much going on in David's life. And again, God is teaching us some things through these chapters and some things we need to learn. And David is, we find David struggling. Struggling in the fact that he was uh, to be anointed king. He was fine uh, where he was at, but now God has anointed him to be the next king. Look at there in, verse, uh, in chapter 19, verse 18. We see this and. It says, chapter 19, verse 18, so, so David fled and escaped and came to Samuel, uh, to Ramah, and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he, set, and he and Samuel went and dwelt in Naoth. This was a time in David's life which he is in need of some counsel, some spiritual help. And uh, so he sought out the prophet, sought out Samuel. And God gives us those who, have watch, who watch over our souls. And we are thankful for that. There in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Saul sat down on his throne as the rejected king. He was once uh, esteemed, but now he is rejected because of the vile wickedness that he had uh, committed. And Samuel had always been troubled about Saul. He had been troubled about the things that Saul was doing. He saw the, uh, the direction that Saul was taking the nation. And, and now he is especially 
sorrowful for what uh, is going on uh, with Israel. And God assured the prophet, he said, I'm going to take care of it. You just give me, uh, I'll take care of it. You just uh, do what you're supposed to be doing. We know the story. So he led Samuel to the house of Jesse to anoint David uh, to be king. And God worked it out so that David would be, Take, he would be in the care of the king, so he would watch and, and learn the things that, uh, that a king should do and a king shouldn't do. However, King Saul became jealous of David, and David is bothered by what is going on in his life. So uh, after all the times that Saul tried to kill him, so David seeks out the prophet, seeks out the, the man of God. And at times we all need counsel from a good godly counsel. Sometimes we like to run to our friends that maybe not so spiritual, but they, they've gone through situations, but they didn't handle it through spiritual situations, through, through the way the Bible would have us do it. And I believe that we need to look out and seek out godly counsel in times of, of uh, uh, I mean, I've had people come to my office looking for counsel for because uh, they've lost their jobs, they've, uh, their, their health has, has left them, their jobs, their uh, their, their children, their relationships, their finances, their health. I mean, all these things that have, have uh, left them, and they've come to me for counsel and, and seeking some godly counsel. What am I supposed to do? And, and on the flip side, I've had folks come in my office and just want to rejoice because God restored a relationship, a friendship, or uh, restored some finances, or took care of some needs. And, and it's a time of rejoicing. But I believe we need to have that, that group, that, that counsel together. And, uh, and that's what David's doing here. Well, the reason why is because we live in a world of sorrow and heartache. And there's no way to escape it. People are hurting and need uh, to hear from God's word. And we need to hear from time to time. We need to hear uh, some from godly counsels, not just what I think, but what does God's word have? It matters not what I think. It really doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what God says and what God thinks. And we've got we to get godly counsel from his word through godly men and women that are there to share God's word with us. We live in a world of sorrow and heartache, and there's no way to escape it. The Bible says this in Proverbs 1.5, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. See, David knew that he needed some godly counsel in this time. The Bible says, And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. He was saying, I need some help. I'm having a hard time, so he went to the preacher. David needed counsel, but David also needed comfort. There's times not only do we need counsel, but we need comfort. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.4, Who comforteth us in all tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We've, uh, there's times, there's some things that I can give you counsel from God's word. Sometimes uh, God has seen you fit through, seen you through a situation. And maybe you see a, a younger couple going through a similar situation that you've been through, and God has seen you through it. And that's what that scripture is saying that you can be comforted with that same comfort that you've been comforted with comfort of God. Perhaps he just needed an arm around him and saying, hey, just hang in there, just keep fighting the good fight. God knows when we need comforting. God knows we need it sometimes. 
David went to Samuel because he knew that being with him would bring comfort. I remember times when I was younger and, and uh, it was just times I just loved being with my preacher. I just, it was just something about it. I enjoyed spending time with him. I enjoyed hearing his counsel. I enjoyed that it brought comfort to me. David needed counsel. He needed comfort. But also I believe that he needed companionship. You know, at times we just need someone that is there, that has been through it, that has, is going to see, see uh, God in the situation with us. He knew that he needed someone he could talk to about the Lord and talk to him about the things that was going on in his life. Samuel already knew what was going on. Samuel was there with Saul when, when God rejected Saul. And so he knew what, what was going on. And, and that's exactly what David is here for. He's needing counsel, he's needing comfort, and he's needing companionship. Now I want to look at what brought David to this point. What brought him to this point so it's a brief overview of what we've already learned, but also I want you to see some other things through this. That's what's going on in David's life here. He's going through a difficult time. And he's wondering, where is God in this situation? You ever been there going through a difficult time? I can tell you this, when we go through difficult times, sometimes it's hard to see that God is in it. But can I tell you, God is in it. You see, God is in it. It's in, in, in this life, we are promised trials and troubles. We're not promised a bed of roses. Anybody ever told you that, hey, when you get saved, everything's going to be just peachy, everything's going to be great? Someone lied to you. I can tell you this, that when you get saved, that's, uh, that doesn't mean it eliminates problems. I would say you're probably going to have more problems. But the thing that is, is that we have God going through those trials and those problems with us. We used to not have an anchor that holds, but now we have an anchor who holds us. And so we see what's happening, and they say that hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And I believe that once we get to heaven, we're going to look back and we're going to see some things that we thought, I can't believe that held me up. The little things that distracted us on earth. And I want to look at just three thoughts tonight and we'll have the message. Let's ask the Lord to join us. Our Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for David, the example that you've given to us. Lord, the character and Lord, just uh, his faithfulness through you through the years. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to our hearts. Give us exactly what we need to help it apply to our lives. And that we would draw that much closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to notice three things tonight, three thoughts. Number one, notice the burden on David. Notice the burden on David. The story starts off with a shepherd boy. We read there in chapter 16, the shepherd boy. He just minding his own business, taking care of his flock, his, uh, doing, uh, just obeying his father. He went to the valley Elah because his dad told him to, to send some, uh, some, uh, some sandwiches to his brothers. And and God used him to kill the giant, the Philistine, and to deliver the children of Israel out of, uh, deliver the nation of Israel. All who knew David and saw what David witnessed, what David had done, they began to sing his praises. They began to sing, hey, David has killed his, his tens of thousands, and Saul's killed his thousands. And they began to sing his praises, but they didn't know what was going on or what was going to go on behind the scenes. And uh, David begins this struggle with Saul because of things that Saul was uh, happening in, in his life. And Saul had a jealousy spring up within him and, and uh, he could have 
gotten the matter taken care of if he just went to God and, and, and I'm talking about Saul if he just would have went to God and, and put it under his foot and, and stomped it out but he didn't do that uh, Saul could have handled it through prayer but he didn't do that you see sometimes we look on things in this life and think why did God let it go so far why, why did God allow this to happen why did this happen? Notice the burden in David's life. And it started there in First, uh, first Samuel chapter 18, verse 11. It says, And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Saul tried to kill David, but God delivered him. So Saul decided that to, to have David go out and, and to fight the Philistines and to... Uh, bring in a hundred uh, uh, carcasses of his enemies. And we know the story because the reason why he did this was because Saul thought, I'm not going to have my, the people love David. I don't want my hand to be upon him. So I'm going to send, I'm going to send him out to fight the enemies. And that way the enemy's hand could be upon him. We found out that God again delivered him, that God's hand was upon him. Then he had another idea. He says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give Michael, my daughter, to be his wife, and she'll be a snare upon him. And then David got the news from Jonathan that Saul wanted him dead. That's where we find the scriptures here. And Jonathan told David that he needed to go out to a, a place, and, and he says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to talk Dad into not killing you. That's what we're reading here in, in 1 Samuel 19. He says, I'm going to try to talk Dad into not killing you. Then what I'm going to do is, is if, if, he, if I can talk him out of not killing you, then I'll tell you to come out and, and we'll just everything will be married. So Saul, uh, Jonathan talks to Saul and he tells him, he says, Dad, you know, uh, J David's really done everything he could for you. He's been such a good man to you. And, and I'm paraphrasing, trying to give you the Reader's Digest version. And, and he says, you know, David doesn't mean you any harm. And so Saul says, ah, oh, you're right. He says, okay, come on out. And so David comes out and he's restored to his position playing the harp. But then we read on and what happens is that uh, Saul has a javelin in his hand. And then once again he tries to pin David to the wall. And David, he, here now, he's, he runs home to Michael and uh, Michael, his wife, and uh, once again, David, uh, uh, Saul tries to kill David again. He says, hey, I want you to send uh, men over. I want you to send, uh, as David's asleep at night, I want you to send men over. And I want you to kill him while he's asleep. So Michael lets down David through, a through the, the window by a rope and lets him away. And, and so Michael tells the soldiers to tell her, her dad to say, Hey, David threatened to kill me. That's why I had to let him go. But really, she spared David's life. Of course, the Lord doing that. When David went home to Michael, notice there in verse 11, it says, Saul also sent messengers unto David's house to watch him and to slay him in the morning. And Michael, David's wife, told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. Most Bible students, if you read on, you, you'll notice that most Bible students most uh, believe that Psalm 59 was written uh, because of this attempt on David's life. Michael disguised uh, uh, something in the bed and, and, uh, and let David down by a rope in the window. Uh, David fled and went to, uh, and when the soldiers came in, uh, she lied and told David that David was going to kill her. 
This is just some of the burdens that David had going on in his life. We all think, well, David was going to be king and he had everything laid out for him. No, David didn't have everything laid out for him. David had some consequences, had some hard situations to deal with. David had some great burdens in his life. Just because we're saved, just because we're living for God, does not mean that we're going to have everything's going to be peachy. Doesn't mean that God's hand isn't upon you. You see, I'm sure that at times David must have ha he had to have thought, man, I just wish I would have been, they would have left me alone. I could have been safe. I could have been comfortable taking care of my father's sheep. I could have been careful, I could have been comfortable there, but God had other plans for him. There was a great burden on David's life, but we must remember that God allowed it. God allowed it. See, there was a great burden on his life. I'm, I'm not here to tell you that I understand everything or every reason why God puts things on our lives, but I can tell you this, that God allows those things in our lives to bring us closer to Him. Sometimes we think, well, why did, I, why did, this, God, why did God put this in my life? Why did this happen to me? Why God? And we question, but in reality, we should never question God. God has a perfect plan. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow, He did also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. What that's simply saying is this, that God puts, puts or allows trials in our lives that we may draw closer to Him. That's the purpose of, of trials. That's the purpose of, hey, we, we think, well, why did this sickness come my way? Well, we can either become bitter or we become better. And, and if it's for the purpose of drawing us closer to God, we become better. You may be thinking, I've had a hard time. I've had hard times. Well, the Bible says man is born of, uh, uh, of a man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. God doesn't promise that things are going to be easy. God says that He would be with us and never forsake us. Everyone who's ever lived has had hard times. Anybody ever know anybody that's never had a hard time in their life? We've all had it. We've all suffered. We've all had things that's come our way, sicknesses and finances and just you name it. We've all had a family members that have passed away, loved ones, and we've all had. Life is not all burden. But there are burdens in life that we are all called to bear. I want you to notice the second thing. So notice the burden, but notice second, the breaking. The breaking of David. I try to read and study and get acquainted with David. And, and God has much to say about David. What I would think is that David was a very independent man. I mean, he killed he was out in the field and, and taking care of the flock and he killed a lion and he killed a bear with his hand and he even killed the giant when nobody else wanted to stand up but David done it. He became a very independent person. How else could he kill a bear, a lion, and a giant? How could a man that's so talented ever become so dependent upon God? See, true independence in life of a Christian means true dependence upon God. Just because, he, just because he was independent didn't mean he wasn't dependent on God. You see, he found himself 
at a point where he realized that he couldn't do anything without the Lord's help. And folks, that's where we need to get to. We're, we're, we're burdened. We've, we've all had burdens, but until we come to that point of breaking where we say, God, I can't. I can't do it. I need your help. God, I need you in my life. See, David was a man after God's own heart. This kind of dedication is, is a daily matter. It's something, uh, it's something that has to be done daily. And we cannot live on our past victories. David could have gloried. He said, well, I killed, a, I, killed a I killed Goliath. I killed a lion. I killed a bear. I can live on my past glories. No. He realized that he came to a point that he needed God. See, we cannot live our Christian life on what we accomplished years ago. We must live daily. See, who did David need? I mean, as an independent man, he killed a Goliath. He killed a lion and a bear. Who did he need? As we follow David's life, remember, David was heir to... He was going to be the king. When David was let down out of the window and escaped to Ramah... With every step, I believe every step he took, he probably was thinking, Lord, what are you doing in my life? Can I tell you, when we run across problems and trials and heartaches, there's times in our life when we think, Lord, what are you doing? I don't understand. But I believe every step that he took going to Ramah, where was he going, remember? He was going to see the prophet. He was going to see the man of God saying, I don't know what to do. He's looking for counsel. Every step he took, he was asking, God, what are you doing? But every step he took, he was drawing closer to God. If you and I ever expect God to do something out of the ordinary or uh, with our lives, then we need to expect God to, to prepare the foundation. God's preparing the foundation in our lives. We think that we should have a great marriage without problems. No problems come in every marriage. And that helps us as we deal with those problems. You know, we think we should have a great church and never have a problem. There's problems in every church. If you ever find the perfect church, don't go there. You'll just mess it up. Because we all, we're all sinners. There's no perfect church out there. We think that we should go get through life without any problems? No. We're all going to have problems. You see, that's not how the Lord works. It, is ne it never has been the way He works, and it never will be. You see, in our personal lives, our children's lives, our church lives, there's going to be issues. There are going to be problems. That doesn't mean we throw in the towel and we give up. That means we depend more on Him. We say, God, I can't, but you can, and I'm going to trust in you. See, God brings us to the place of dependence upon Him. See, there's, when, you know when everything's going great? When everything's going great, you know what happens in the average Christian? We become complacent and we become distracted a little bit by saying, thinking that we don't need God. You say, no, I never do that. No, we do. We do that because everything's going well, so we think, well, everything's good. We, we become just lackadaisical about what God's doing. God's blessing us. We can never take those things for granted. You know, I, I guess I'm a little bit strange, but I'm thankful for some of the... I mean, I'm thankful for the trials that God puts in my life. 
And the reason why is because those trials show me that God's evident in my life. God shows me different things. In the, and, and Now, do I look forward to them? No, but I'm thankful when they come. I'm thankful because God reveals his, uh, what he's doing in my life. Then I want you to notice the last thing, the blessings on David. Brother Travis always teases me about when I get sick or something, he always teases me. I remember a time when I was having surgery and he brought in, he brought in a big calf bottle. And he brought that, that bottle in to me. He says, I know you're going to milk it for what it's worth, so you just go ahead and have this bottle. And he was making fun of me. But I don't like to be in pain. Anybody in here like being in pain? No one likes being in pain, I don't believe. But uh, I don't want it, but I know how God works. Sometimes pain comes our way. You know, and uh, it's not to hurt us. But it's to help us. Each one of us has had loved ones. We've had people that have passed away. And we think sometimes, sometimes we get bitter. But that's not God's purpose. is not to hurt us, but to help us. To draw much, that much closer to Him. We're, we're in the best position that we can be in when we're closest to the Lord. God deals with us. And each one of us in different ways. The blessings on David's life was only a taste what, of what was to come. Look what happened when he went to Samuel. Look there in verse, uh, chapter 19, verse 19. This is where we'll conclude the message. It says, And it was told Saul, saying, Behold, David is Naoth and Ramah. And Saul sent messengers to take David, and when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as appointed over them, that the Spirit of God was upon the messengers of Saul, and they also prophesied. Can you imagine the scene here? They went for a purpose to get David. And God was blessing in a mighty way with David and Samuel and the school of the prophets here. And David was with Samuel in the school of the prophets. And if you were to ask each one of these, uh, David and Samuel in the school of the prophets, what they, was, uh, what they thought about the situation, each one of them would come up with uh, something else and something that they saw. And it's just like in our lives, when, when God's doing something in uh, Brother Greg's life, I could say what, what God, I could see what God's doing. And, and Miss Suzanne can say what, from her perspective what God's doing. And, but Brother Greg would say something else and maybe it's not all the same thing, but that's what's happening here. And the young men, if you were to ask them, they would say, hey, we see God uh, at work here. How, how God gets things done and how God works and, and deals with the king. And we're seeing how the preacher advises the king. We're, we're witnessing, we're learning from these things. And if you were to ask Samuel from his perspective, he would say that, uh, that he's seeing God even deals with the king. And God is preparing David for the throne, and God is teaching these prophets what he can do. And if you were to ask David from his perspective, he, would, he may say, I'm seeing that God is able, no matter what's going on in my life, no matter how big the trial, no matter how big the problem is, I can see that God is able to see me through. You know, just different perspectives. Then suddenly, what's happening? Saul's soldiers arrive. And God's presence was so mighty in that place that they, they were blessed. 
Saul became so disturbed that he sent another group. If you read, I'm just condensing it down for you. That he sent another group of men out, another group of men to see what was going on. And they were blessed as well. So Saul gets, oh, now he's, he's, I mean, he's had it up to here. And he's saying, I'm going to see what's going on for myself. So he goes, and you know what the Bible says? He begins to prophesy as well. God blessed him as well. You see, God wants to bless all of us. He wants to do something so mighty that everyone can get in on the blessings. I believe that God wants to do something great here. In closing, David left and went to Ramah. And he and Samuel left Ramah and they went to Naoth. And they, were, they started to worship God. As you read through this story and you read through the life of David and you read some things, you'll notice some things that are happening in this point in David's life. He went to Samuel originally to complain and maybe to get some counsel. And, and you know what that turned into? It turned into a praise and worship service. See, what happened with Samuel and David here was they... They were aware of what Saul was doing, what Saul was trying to do, but they turned their eyes not on the situation but on the Savior, and they began to praise God. Can I tell you, when we start praising God and stop looking at all the things that are going on in this world and what's going on trying to affect us and trying to distract us from the things, and we just praise God anyway, can I tell you that's when God blesses the most? When God shows up in a great and mighty way, when we just decide, I'm going to praise you, God. I'm going to just trust you, and I'm going to just, I'm just going to look to you. I don't care what's going on around me. You know what the, you know what the, uh, uh, the consequences of this life is. If you were to die today, you know what it is. Well, if you're saved, we're going to heaven. One old preacher said this: You can't threaten me with heaven. I don't know if that does anything for you, but it does, it, does something, it does something for me, Brother Greg. I'm not worried about this old world. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. So what happens here? David and Samuel, they, they stop focusing on their surroundings and on the situation, and they started praising God. And in the process of this, as they're praising God... The other soldiers were blessed because of it. And then not only the other soldiers, but Saul was even blessed. He began to prophesy as well. May the Lord of heaven and earth help us learn this lesson. We're not going to live in this world without trouble. However, there's a God in heaven who wants to bless us in the midst of our difficulties. In the midst of our trials, in the midst of our troubles, He wants to be there. He wants to give us that peace that passes all understanding. If we'll only look to Him instead of our troubles. You know what? I, I'm, I'm guilty as this just as much as the next guy. When a trial comes our way, we start looking. It's kind of like Peter whenever he's walking on the water. And then the storms begin to over the seas became uh, overwhelming and they, they become boisterous the Bible says and what's he do what does Peter do he starts looking at the problem starts looking at what's going on and he takes his eyes off the Lord and immediately the Bible says he began to sink what am I trying to tell you I'm trying to tell you this that if we look at our trials and our troubles we're going to begin to sink 
But if we keep our eyes focused on him, saying, Lord, I need you. I, I, I need you. I can't do this. God can work in the midst of our troubles. If you're in the middle of a problem, a trial, a trouble, let me ask you, have you looked to the Lord? I believe that when David turned toward God's man, he was actually saying in his heart, God, I'm turning towards you. I need you. There in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Run into his arms. You need the rest. We've seen David had a burden. He had a burden in, on his life. We all have a burden. We've seen then the breaking of David. He realized, I can't do this. As independent as he was, as he fought the Goliath, as he fought the lion, as he fought the bear... He realized he can't do it. So he runs to the prophet. You see, we all have problems. We all have burdens. God must break this before we ever find the blessings. See, we can't do it on our own. We need him. Tonight, we look to him for your, during your trials and your troubles. If you will, he will see you through. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I titled the message this, simply run to the Lord. Run to the Lord because you know what? We're all going to be faced with trials and troubles and heartaches and headaches. And we're all going to be faced with situations that seem to overwhelm us. You can come running to me and I will give you a counsel. I'll, I'll, be a, I'll pray for you and I'll try to help you. But can I tell you, if I give you counsel that's not from God's word, it's not going to help you. We need to run to the Lord which cometh our help. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I, I don't even know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone like that? Pastor, pray for me. I just don't know. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved, but I haven't been running to the Lord when I've come across a problem, a trial, a trouble. I've been trying to figure it out myself. I've been trying to go through my own power. But I've seen tonight, Lord, that I can run to the Lord and He will see me through. He will help me. Pastor, pray for me. I need, I need your prayer. I want to encourage you to find a place at the altar and turn to Him. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you for this church and how you have blessed us with a loving, caring church that love each other and and most importantly, we love you and we want to be obedient to you and your command. Lord, I ask for each person to search their heart tonight, Lord, and see if there's any way, any wicked ways in them, Lord, that they would turn from those things and they would turn to you. Lord, for those that may be uh, faced with an issue, a problem, a trial, Lord, that they would turn to you, that we would be as David and realize that our help cometh from above. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly here, but God spoke to your heart. Would you come? Maybe you just want to thank you. Maybe you've been going through a trial and you've seen how God has seen, been there with you. He has promised he'd never leave you nor forsake you. Maybe you just want to thank you. Maybe you just want to, you have a burden on your heart tonight. I don't know what the case may be, but just be obedient to him. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him.
Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. petitions up to the Lord tonight. Of course, remember Miss Christie. Again, remember Miss Christie as she's continued to heal. Pray for Brother Sonny as well as he's uh, healing from his hernia surgery. Remember him in your prayers. Remember Beulah Ali as she's healing from her fall this last weekend. Maybe someone else have a prayer request tonight. Yes, Jennifer. Okay. Good days and bad days. When he's not here, it's because he's having a bad day. So as far as his stomach, he has a lot of stomach issues, and uh, to the point where he throws up very a lot. So um, yeah, but he's he today he was had a good day. Um, but yeah. he's very special to me. I, I, I love appreciate that. All right. Anybody else? Yes, for that. pray for him, but also pray for our back to Bethlehem. Uh, if you want to be involved in that, see uh, Brother Adam or Miss Evelyn. They can get you uh, right in there. We're going to need a lot of help. Um, they done a lot on themselves last year. I mean, we appreciate all those that did help, but they carried the, the big portion of the load. This year, we're wanting to kind of delegate that a little bit more. So if you could be of help in any situation, I say, I'd like to volunteer some time to do this. 
uh, I know they would uh, much that would be much appreciated. Yes. There's a sign-up sheet to be in, to stay informed with the things going on. But back to Bethlehem, other events, uh, if you want to put your um, uh, email address on there, Brother Adam and Miss Evelyn will uh, send the, that information to you. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer for these. Oh, yes, Brother Kirk, I'm sorry. Okay. Continue to pray for Billy. This is Brother Kirk's co-worker. And you remember him in your prayers, his, uh, his children, just going through some situations. And uh, the Kirk's trying to be a lighthouse at his job, and that's what God has called us to do. So, all right, let's have a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for this time. Thank you for the, the privilege we have to pray, Lord, that we can lift our petitions to you, knowing that you hear our prayers, and Lord, that, uh, Lord, that you work in a great and mighty way. Lord, as we lift these petitions up to you, Lord, we ask for your will to be done. Lord, I thank you for the good praises we heard, for Jennifer having her, uh, being able to adopt the new kittens. Lord, I thank you for that. And then also for Brother Roger, Lord, uh, doing better. And we continue to uh, pray for him as he's uh, just needing lots of prayers physically and then also just to take care of some other needs. And Lord, I pray that you would intervene on their behalf. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to serve you through Back to Bethlehem and ask that you would meet the needs there. And as uh, there's a lot of opportunities to serve, Lord, I pray that uh, folks would uh, get encouraged and uh, uh, get involved. Lord, I do thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for these other prayer requests for Billy and his children. Lord, I ask that you would just meet according to your will. I uh, pray that you would be a brother Kirk as he's as he's um, ministering at work, Lord, I pray that you would give him words to say and to be an encouragement and a help to others. And Lord, as we uh, all no doubt have a prayer requests tonight, Lord, I pray that you would, as we lift those up to you in our minds and our hearts, Lord, I pray that you would hear those and Lord, that you would have your perfect will done. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. Lord, I do ask for Miss Christie that you would continue to, uh, to be with her as she's healing and for her grandma and her dad as well. Lord, we just praise your holy name for uh, what you've already done there. Also for Brother Sonny as he's healing. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to touch his body and help him to heal quickly. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let me just give you a couple announcements, and then we'll just, if you have offering, you can just lay it in the offering plate tonight. But I want to give you a couple uh, reminders. This coming Friday is our... Uh, festival night here, Harvest Festival. I've got jumpy houses out here. They're not just a one. I've got like an obstacle course, and then I got a jumpy house. So you want to bring kids, okay? There's going to be a plenty of candy, and uh, I'm still trying to work on the hayride. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of things for the kids to do, and uh, we'll have a bonfire out there, and just it's going to be a great time. So I want to encourage you to come out, bring your neighbors, bring your uh, co-workers, bring your friends out to this, and because uh, um, I don't want it to be just a few people. I, I'd like for us to have a good number out and uh, have a great time of fellowship there. That's this coming Friday from 6 to 9.30, and uh, so looking forward to a great time there. And uh, then also I uh, wanted to remind you, I, ha I don't have the right bulletin up here, I don't think. 
No, I don't. Oh, well, wanted to remind you that at the end of the month, I know that we have our, uh, we're having our uh, Lord's Supper. We'll have um, um, dinner on the grounds afterwards and then a short afternoon service, no p.m. service that day. That's the last Sunday of the month. And I think that's all the pertinent news that I have for you. There is a Back to Bethlehem meeting this coming Sunday after church, correct? Immediately after the morning service, yes. Immediately after the morning service. So, all right, that's all announcements I have. And let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Brother Greg, sir, would you close us in a word, sir? Keep us from harm away. Keep us out of any accidents. Cause of man, we pray in Jesus' name.